Hello, and welcome back to another Fact Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, in this episode, we're going to introduce the power of the mind in healing, the power of your mind in the healing process. Now, this isn't voodoo, this isn't, uh, you know... Uh, new age or new religion or any of that stuff. Everything I'm going to present is uh, backed by science. I'll probably just do in this podcast five ways, five methods backed by science that you can heal your body. And just introducing each one of these subjects. And then in later podcasts, we'll go into them in greater deep detail. And uh, I'll try to explain the biological or neurological or immunological reasons each one of these uh, processes, these methods, work for increasing your healing potential. And uh, then we'll go into more detail on some of the studies in further podcasts. I don't want this thing to be like two hours long. But I just want to get you introduced to the subject. And, you know, let's start from the onset that there is a lot written about this subject and conventional medical wisdom, conventional medical philosophy, politics, advertising, promotion, marketing is mainly against this. Now you can watch some popular talk shows on TV and they will once in a while bring on someone on some of these talk shows and interview shows that uh, had a serious illness and cured it a natural way using the power of the mind. And that's, it's actually presented as an outlier. And what I want to present to you is making this mainstream. This is how your brain's working every day. And I've had some uh, (laughs) experience, life experience with this, not only with my own body, my own family, but with the thousands, and that's thousands with a TH, thousands of patients and humans that I've treated over 29, 30 years, and a few years before that working in a physical therapy clinic. People I physically interacted with, put my hands on, knew their physical case history, their health history, their disease and sickness and illness um, and injury history, and watched how the power of the mind worked or didn't work. And I should probably take that back. The power of the mind always works, either for positive or negative. It's never neutral. The power of the mind for your healing always works. Always, always, always. It always has an influence, just like your external environment always has an influence. Now, you know, you may say, oh, it doesn't have that big of an influence. Yeah, but if you listen to, you know, gangster rap music constantly it's going to have an influence if you listen to death metal it's going to have an influence if you're playing nightfall or some you know grand theft auto game constantly it's going to have some type of influence maybe positive or negative depending on how you're wired and how your your brain processes it and the same thing goes with your healing there are many studies out there we're showing that the power of the mind either your attitude or expectation, we talked about causation in a previous podcast, your expectation can change results. We all know that. 
If you're a Tigger, if you're the Winnie or the Pooh, or if you're an Eeyore, that affects your health. It's amazing how I will watch patients who, and interact with patients who say they're Eeyores. Um, they're easily depressed. They look at the whole world as a glass half empty. Um, they're slow in their speech. They do very little eye contact. Um, you can tell they're depressed. You just want to, you know, give them a shot of serotonin. You know, give them a shot of dopamine. You want to get them on a treadmill and smack them. Um, but they're very depressed. They will have more chronic conditions. Um, people who focus on their illnesses, focus on the problem, not the solution. People who focus on the problem also um, have longer chronic disease courses. And this means anything. This could mean as big as things as cancer, um, uh, Lyme's disease, infections, Crohn's. The people that get caught up in the problem constantly and not the solution, I'm not saying don't go get diagnosed. You know, a lot of my uh, colleagues call me, I'm what's wrong with healthcare. Fred is what's wrong with healthcare. I don't guess, I test. I don't guess, I test. I pull the trigger on MRIs, x-rays, blood work, second opinions, third opinions, fourth opinions very quickly. Because I'd rather get more testing, more interaction, and make sure I'm not wrong. Maybe it's an ego thing. Um, but of course, the patient always wins in that scenario because they're getting more workup. And then, of course, I'm very big in you know giving them three or four or five different treatment plans, solutions, um, you know, working in conjunction with their other providers. So you know, I've always taken that approach. But the amazing thing is, I, I've you know I could just document this is that those who focus on oh this is the, a terrible diagnosis i'm never going to be the same again they actually won't be the same again and those that say oh you know i'm going to work on this i want to get back to my gardening i want to do whatever they would they get back to their former lives they get back to a uh, um, semblance of health so okay so you know what are you talking about fred well i'm going to just talk about two big gurus in this area and the first one is Hans Salye in the 1920s up there in the hospital in Montreal he noticed that those that were had anxiety and depressed and they had worse outcomes no matter what disease they had and he called that term stress yes the word stress comes from this guy from the 1920s and the word was around forever um, you know, they would talk about stress in physics and engineering. There's a, that building is putting a lot of stress on that beam or the, the foundation's very stressed by the way it was built. So it's more of an engineering term where there's external forces put on a structure that is causing it to deteriorate or malfunction. Well, that's basically, you know, a good definition for stress for the human body. Well, guess what? Some of that stuff comes from internal stress too, your own mind, your own thinking, and how you process something. Um, two people go to a party, say a college party. So, you know, there's good music, there's beautiful men, beautiful women, music's playing, there's food, there may or may not be alcoholic beverages. And one gentleman just got out of a, a, a bad relationship, 
So he's sitting in the corner, crying in his beer. He's not interacting with people. And then all of a sudden, he sees his ex-girlfriend come in with some other guy. His roommate is in the same house, drinking the same beer, eating the same food, listening to the same music, interacting with the same people, runs into an old friend from the neighborhood, from high school, and gets your number. And pretty soon, you know, they're talking and all this stuff. They're hugging and kissing um and dancing and having a good time that young people do and his roommate comes over the sad sack says i want to get out of here now how can two different people be in the same place and have two different experiences it's how your brain processed it so the temperature wasn't different in the in that house that house party the music wasn't different the beer wasn't different the food wasn't different and the people weren't different it was just how each individual processed it. One person ran into someone that they connected with, fell in love with, and had all these happy hormones going in the brain. And I guarantee you, if we drew his blood and checked his immune system, his T cell levels would be like positive and his lymphocytes would be working. And if we went to the sad sack who came over and said, I want to get out of here, his immune system would be suppressed. There'll be high cortisol, a stress hormone, probably a little high adrenaline, and you couldn't find any serotonin in your brain if you uh, looked for it with the FBI. So what does this all mean? It means that how you think about things, this is not just an esoteric concept. Your brain is a biological substance. It, you know, you got this three, four pounds of, uh, of jelly floating in Gatorade between your ears called your brain. That biological substance creates the mind in your environment around you. But it's a biological substance and it follows the rules of biology. It follows the rules of biology. Your religion doesn't matter, your viewpoint, all that thing, all, all the things people think about their mind and their brain, it has to follow the rules of biology. So, and again, yes, your religion can affect it, depending on your mood and your attitude. So guess what? How you view things, your health, can help change it for the positive or assist and change it for the negative. So let's just go through five things, you know, that are backed by science that you you can do um, to using your mind and your attitude to improve your health findings. The first one is make sure that you believe or have a positive expectation. I guess it's a better word, better word than believe nowadays. Have a positive expectation that your treatment's going to work. You'd be blown away at how many cases will have a patient come in. They have XYZ disease. They have this condition. And this condition is usually only treated by a couple medications. I'll send them out to the internist, the medical doctor, the cardiologist. They'll get on this pill, potion, or lotion. They'll come back and say, I feel great. And then the testing will come back, Right? and say they have a different disease, which can't be treated by this. But they started taking this pill and they feel great. Well, ma'am, you, you don't have this disease, you have a different one, you gotta go back. And they go back and they switch the medication and they, and they get better. How could they start getting better using a pill, potion or lotion, that 
literally, biologically, pharmaceutically, was not affecting their disease process at all. In fact, was probably impeding their healing because they had positive expectation. They loved their doctor. They may love medicine. They loved the clinic. They went to the pharmacy. They were all excited that someone's giving them hope and care and understanding of my pain and my problem. And I take this magic pill and it's like magic. And they pop it in their mouth. That I'm going to feel better. The doctor assured me. And they do. It's amazing that we're seeing this now in COVID with uh, long COVID patients, patients who have these chronic problems. And, and I'll get into a whole podcast on that. And just so you understand, every viral condition can give you chronic sy symptoms. Every single viral condition can give you chronic symptoms. If I had 1,000 H1N1 influenza um, uh, sufferers here, patients here who had it, I would pull out 10 or 15 people that have fibromyalgia, have chronic fatigue, that ha have not recovered yet. And it has to do with how the immune system works, whatever. But you have people, these long haulers, you know, getting uh, vaccines. Now, remember, they already have, their immune system already has antibodies, right? They had the disease, the wild top disease. They get a vaccine which is supposed to bump up their antibodies, the virus is gone in their system. Do you hear me? The virus is gone. They already had it. They get this vaccine and some of these symptoms are going away. I kid you not, it was in, it was in the mainstream media today. Um, I was going to put it on Facebook, but I was too angry and upset because um, of the way they framed it, because it's like Roger Rabbit, it's it's voodoo, it, it's crazy science. It you know it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense at all that you know corrupting your ribosomes is all of a sudden going to make your your body have less aches and pains. You know what all this vaccine does is force your ribosomes to make a protein on some cell surfaces that are pieces of the COVID-19. How does that build up health and wellness? How does that help ejection fraction in your heart? How does that help um, max uh, uh, VO2? How does that help the volume of oxygen you exchange in your lung? How does that increase and regulate um, your blood sugar? How does that increase serotonin and dopamine in your brain? <laughs> I was like, um, the reason these people feel better is they have trust in a vaccine. So they're getting a shot. Ready for this? They're getting a shot that does one thing and their brain does something else with it. Their brain all of a sudden starts producing serotonin and dopamine. Their thalamus, a deep midbrain structure that where all sensory information comes in, starts blocking pain. People with high pain tolerance, what that means is that their brain, that biological substance between your ears, part of it called the thalamus, blocks the pain before it gets to the part of your brain for sensory awareness, your somatosensory cortex. So what happens is someone who can block pain, their brain works very efficient at knocking those signals out. How does a vaccine do that? All of a sudden their knees don't hurt anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, if you got some damage to your knees or your elbows, it's going to take a few weeks for that cartilage, that synovium, you know, for those tendons, ligaments, muscles, um, for it to recover. It's not going to start feeling better in two weeks or a week. So, again, this shows the power of the mind, power of expectation. So, number one, 
have faith in the treatment you're getting. And I, I know that's hard, but I wouldn't go to the doctor or get the medicine or take the pill, potion or lotion if you didn't think it was going to work. And again, it's not mind over matter. That's how our brains work. If you don't trust the doctor you're with, guess what? Get a new one you can trust because that you don't want those negative hormones and negative neurotransmitters in your brain working because they may get the diagnosis correct. They may get the medicine correct, but you don't improve. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many experiences I have where we got the right diagnosis. I've sent them to three doctors. We've got the MRI. We've got the blood work. This is what you have. They take the medicine. This is the best medicine for it. This is the best medicine for it. And the patient doesn't do well. And as they're deteriorating, heading to the grave, you know, I'll meet some of the family and I'll get some information and I'll find out that they have a bad marriage or their kids are rebels and, you know, in jail or on drugs or dropped out of high school or college. And they're having all these outside stresses, right? So they really don't want to be here anyway. So they have no faith in the medicine because they don't have faith in the world. They have no faith in their faith and belief in expectation in their healthcare because it's never worked before. How many people have come into me and they're like, oh, I've been to every chiropractor, I've done this. And I go, well, you haven't been to me and I'm not going to do the things that the other chiropractors do. And if you're not 50% better in two weeks, which is my standard, my office, I kick you out and get you done because I don't want you to ruin my reputation. And people were like, what? And I said, no. I said, I'm, I'm here to help you. And I changed their expectation. I said, you know, you're going to want to come in to me. You're going you're gonna to be the one to come in. I changed that expectation. So number one, things that are backed by science. And we'll go through all the research for those listening. I want to see the research. There's plenty of studies. We'll go over it in another podcast. You have to have positive expectation that it's going to work. You ready for this? The next one is sleep. Sleep better with gratitude. And, I, and I've seen this all the time. Before you go to bed, and they used to call this prayer, but you can call it prayer if you want. But I want you to journal. Write down things you gra- you're grateful about today. We've all had a poop storm of a day. We've all had those days where the wheels just come off the bus and you can't get anything done. And you're putting out little fires either at home or at the office or wherever you work, or in your life, you know, all these things, oh, we didn't fill this out, this didn't happen, you know, this didn't get done, oh, we forgot about this, oh, did you remember this, and you're just chasing your tail, as they say, you know, how many analogies can I use in, in one breath, you're chasing your tail all day, there's still things about that day you can be grateful for, even on your worst days. So number two, things that are backed by science that you can do using the power of your mind to heal yourself is have gratitude. At the end of the day, maybe write it down. Uh, most of you out there are visual. Write down the things you're grateful about today. I have a process of where I get up in the morning, have coffee, no one's around, and I actually think about, okay, what I got to do today and what am I grateful for? I try to find one grateful thing. And that can change my whole mood and mentality. When I do that, I actually can change my blood sugar shuttling and partitioning, partitioning which means increase my uh, health. Um, I lower blood pressure. 
And there's plenty of studies showing just by having gratitude that you change how you process your dorsal medial lobe, the part of your brain for wisdom and insight. So, and we'll go over those in a, in a future podcast, but I just want to go over there. Yeah, you're going to have to be grateful about at least one thing every day. And when you start doing that, that watch how that changes your health. Number three, live longer by focusing on your purpose in life. And there's a lot of research from the, with this. There's a paper that came out in 2014 in the psychological uh, sciences, which showed, and, and they had a pretty good group of people they followed for years, that people that had a defined purpose in life lived longer, were healthier. Even if they had cancer, they had rheumatoid arthritis, they had this disease, this itis, if they had a positive purpose in life, they lived longer. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So what's your purpose in life? And it, it doesn't have to be chasing money. It doesn't have to be any of that. It may be, you know, being the best swim coach you can be. It could be being the best parent you could be. You have to watch that because you don't want to be too much of a helicopter parent where you're being obnoxious. You want to make sure you're serving your purpose for being a good parent, which means coaching, allowing them to grow, giving them good boundaries and discipline, but not smothering, trying to live through them. And that's probably a whole podcast that me and Belinda do later. But again, there's a lot of research showing that you live longer when you focus on your purpose. You'd be amazed at how many people I've worked with. Again, thousands now. It is thousands um, you know, that I've treated, touched um, in over 30 years. And you'd be amazed at how many of those people that I've interacted with, known personally, touched, adjusted, um, that those that have a purpose in life and they can have some crazy, horrible conditions and they just keep motoring on. Those that don't have a purpose, you know, this person died in my life, my spouse, my offspring, you know, my dog died, you know, my truck blew up, you know, I lost my job. It sounds like a country music song. Um, you know, all these things happen to them and they hyper-focus on that, the problem, instead of the solution getting out. Okay, what does this mean? One door closes, another one opens. Can I move through that door and will I have something better through door number two or door number three? So what I've seen personally is watching those that have that purpose. And I try to get around people like that in my life too. Uh, quite honestly, you know, my biggest uh, friend group, um, socializing group, are powerlifters that compete. And I try not to get around those who just like to go work out. And that's fine. You want to work out. That's something positive doing in life. But I want people that want to compete on the national, international world level. That's who I want to hang out with. And, you know, that's a whole different mentality. That's the people I want to hang out with bodybuilders that are trying to go to the national stage to get a pro card. That's who I want to hang out with. I want to hang out with people who promote powerlifting and bodybuilding shows because they're creating an athletic event from scratch, from their mind, right? 
and they're creating this athletic event on a weekend where 50, 100, 200 people compete and 200, 300, 400 people come and watch and spectate and yell and scream. That's the people I want to associate myself with, the people who create that. That is a hyper-focused, beautiful life. And of course, you want to make sure that's balanced. You know, if you love coin collecting, you don't want to be that the only thing in your life. But I want to be around those people that are focused on that amazing things. So again, we'll go over this in a different podcast. I'll probably do number three, you know, live longer uh, by focusing on your purpose in life. I will probably do that method, that principle um, in a separate pro- podcast next. So look for that when it comes because it uh, it will smoke your brain. Um, cause I'm just going to go right from the research, you know, you change the chemicals in your brain when you have a purpose, um, you change actually how your nervous system works for focusing. I'll give you a great example. Um, my wife, um, we, uh, we were at the Los Campeones gym one time, uh, we pulled in and parked and we got out and there was a Jeep trail hawk next to the, uh, truck, to the expedition. And Belinda looked at it and said, oh, this is what I want. Well, guess what? You know, a few months later, she's driving around in one. And I had never seen that type of Jeep before. You know, I'm not a Jeep connoisseur. Um, I've had Fords and some Pontiacs, but, you know, I tend to go to Fords. Always have liked Fords. Um, So I tend to lean toward those. So I know the new types they've had out. I've had Expeditions. Um... I've had a couple of those. I've had two escapes at the same time. Uh, you know, I uh, like the Explorers. Um, my brother had a Mustang. I actually had a Ford Pinto. Yeah, the ones that exploded in college. So, you know, I tend to go to those for whatever reason. That's just my style. Um, you know, my favorite car is a Jaguar. But, you know, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. I think Ford bought them. So, you know, whatever. But interestingly enough... After my wife was driving this, you know, trail hawk, guess what? That's what I started seeing everywhere on the road. I see them everywhere now. Now, on the Sunday before we bought the trail hawk on Monday, were all those trail hawks, Jeep trail hawks on the road? Yes. My body, my brain, my nervous system filtered it out because I had no reference for it. Now I see them all the time, different colors, the ones like hers. Why is that? Because of how your nervous system works. If you set a purpose, you will start looking for ways, looking for things to get you toward that positive purpose. That's amazing. And that also means for health and wellness. If your purpose say, okay, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and you really mean it and that's your focus, you're going to find everything that, you know, lose that weight. If your heart's a little weak and you really want your purpose is to get that healthier. If your purpose is get your immune system healthier so you don't have to worry about this damn pandemic that CNN and everyone else has you scared about, then you will start learning, you start researching, you start doing things to start moving that way. It's amazing during this time that I people that are so upset that they don't take that, that fear, that an- anxiousness, that anxiety and channel it into learning about biology, how viruses work. Okay, how's my immune system work? Is there any physical things I can do or psychological things to strengthen it? Yes, there's a lot proven by research. Why aren't you doing it? Amazing. 
So again, number three is live longer by focusing on your purpose in life. And then, you know, number four is, is about, you know, you want, you want to, you know, boost your immune system. If you're looking to get healthy, whether that's a banged up low back or asthma or everything, your nervous system and your immune system are intimately linked and connected. They dance together within our body. And that immune system, ready for this? That immune system helps you heal. You know, if somebody punches you in the shoulder and gives you a bruise, your immune system has to come, clean up the dead tissue, take out the the blood clot, and then start repairing, bringing all the chemicals and the proteins and the resources and substrates to start rebuilding the tissue caused by that punch in the shoulder. And that works for everything. Cancer is a problem of your nervous system, your immune system going awry and not recognizing a bunch of cells that are replicating in error, right? We know that. So we want to focus on healing is improving your nervous system and your immune system. Do those things that improve it. Read about it. We know that exercise improves your immune system and your nervous system. We know that a healthy diet low in carbohydrates, high in quality fats, high in quality protein. Are you getting at least 100 grams of protein a day? How do you expect to heal your body, you know, which is made out of protein, you know, by eating carbs? You have to have enough protein a day. And I don't care what else you eat. Hell, go to McDonald's once in a while. But are you getting 100 grams of protein a day? You'd be amazed at how many patients I have that are wrecked and they have serious conditions. Lymphoma, all this, and they're low in protein. I'm like, are you kidding me? Your body cannot even start healing itself if it's starving. Starving. Most of our healthcare problems in this country would go away if we cut our carbs a little bit, start eating protein, and drank enough water. Then you add in seven to eight hours sleep a night, hey, half the problems would go away. But that's neither here nor there. So do those things. Learn about the immune system. Learn about what vitamins to take. Selenium, zinc, vitamin D, fresh air, getting outside, um, interaction with many people, many things. Go in the garden, drink from the garden hose, you know, hug people, getting all those antigens slowly, not a lot of them, where you can start building your immune system up. Hiding yourself like the boy in the bubble, putting yourself in a glass box will weaken your immune system over time because you're not exposed to the external environment. And then when you come out of your cave, you're going to be slammed and get sick. And if you're trying to heal, that's what you got to do. You have to get adequate wet rest. If you're not getting seven to eight hours of sleep at night, guess what? Then you're going to have to say, okay, what do I need to get? You're going to have to go ahead and take naps. And it's okay to take naps. The whole idea is that we don't heal while we're awake. You're not healing when you're at the chiropractor or the physical therapist or the medical doctor. You do it when you're sleeping or when you're doing what I call active rest. Now, you don't want to be sitting up just watching Netflix. But when we go into our sleep cycles, we release growth hormone. And growth hormone helps the immune system. A growth hormone strengthens the immune system. Growth hormone heals all the parts. So we have to start thinking about how are we sleeping. I'll ask my patients, you know, because sleep is so overrated in our society. Or underrated, sorry. It's not that important. 
in our society, I'll say, how's your growth hormone? And they'll look at me, what are you talking about? Well, you, at your age, you need seven to eight hours of sleep a night, maybe a couple of naps to get growth hormone coming up. You got a bad heart, you had a heart attack. How do you think your heart's gonna repair? Magic, pixie dust spread over its head? No, you're gonna have to repair it. And it repairs when you're sleeping. How often are you doing that? Well, I still got work to do and I'm stressed out and, you know, I'm drinking all this coffee and I'm doing all this stuff. I get five hours a night. Well, you're going to have another heart attack because you're not taking care of your heart. And that doesn't mean quitting work. And people are like, whoa, you want me to quit work? No, I want you to get eight hours of sleep at night. That means you may have to cut some of your other activities. You may have to, in the middle of the day, leave, take a two-hour lunch, come home, take a nap, and then go back. Yeah, you can work to seven. But you're going to take noon to two off so you can get an hour nap or a half hour nap in there and rest and get some recovery. You have to treat your body like the biological thing it is. And it follows certain rules of biology. And these are the ones we're talking about. So optimize your immune system. Just starting to learn about your immune system. That attitude changes things. Your body starts feeling healthier. There's plenty of studies out there showing, medical studies, that your attitude changes how you process the world around you. Um, imagine that. So if you had a more positive attitude, and even like we talked in the beginning of this podcast, if your attitude is incorrect, right? Got the wrong disease, got the wrong medication, but you're still getting better. I love those patients. You know, you could hit them in the butt with a snow shovel and they're going to improve. They just need interaction with the external environment, and they're going to do well. That's the person you want to be. Study the winners, not the losers. And you can become a winner. Just look at Tampa Bay. Become a winner. It, anyone can turn a program around in sports and be, go from one of the worst teams in a year or two or five, become the best team. Well, how about this? Why don't you turn yourself around? You can do it. You know, there's a lot of uh, research showing that people need their labels, they need their pain, they need their disease, because they find that as part of their identity. I have rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, you know, I have diabetes. No, I thought your name was John and you happen to have diabetes. What? I said, your name is John, you're a father, you're an accountant, and you just happen to have this little challenge called diabetes. Well, I'm a diabetic. Again, your name is John, <laughs> you know, and it's amazing how they, they put their disease or their problem first than who they are. I'm a happy person. I'm a Catholic, you know, I'm a Christian, whatever they are, you know, I'm a power lifter. Put the labeling of yourself is very important because that's how your brain sees it. So make sure when you're, you know, trying to optimize your life, optimize your healing, that you got the correct labels and you're studying the right things. You know, I, uh, I'm amazed at how many people spend an hour trying to match their mask with their outfit or some people are very, are very creative. They're sewers and seamstress and they're out there making masks and that's great. Um, how much zinc did you have today? Did you take vitamin D? You spent two hours making these cool masks for your family. That's okay. Putting power into the bug. And I say, how much time did you put into that exercise? Did you do some deep breathing so your lungs can clear all the crap that's in them? What? You didn't do your deep breathing exercises today? And you expect to stay well? Wow, okay. So learn how your immune system works. That's number four. And five, last, 
and I want to make sure I take this carefully, is learn how to meditate and laugh. Um, my good friend, Mike Christopher, who's interviewed me a few times, he likes meditation. Um, we're going to do maybe a podcast on trying to demystify it. Meditation is just where you slow down and you think and allow active, you can call it active rest, where your immune system can, can get ramped can get ramped up and your nervous system can get ramped down. You get yourself out of fight or flight. That's very important. So fight or flight is that sympathetic nervous system part, that auto, part of your autonomic nervous system where, you know, you're chased around, you have anxiety, you have fear. Meditation will help you clarify like your purpose in life. Look at time. And that can be as simple as getting a cup of coffee, sitting there and thinking, going fishing, thinking. So some of these activities a lot we already do, you just want to add a little more uh, focus or purpose to it. Say, okay, when I go fishing, I'm thinking about, okay, you know, what do we got going on this year with the kids? And you just think about it for a few minutes. You know, how's my body doing? Am I healing? You want to think about that for a little bit. Again, you know, meditation and then laughing. Make sure there's a lot of laughter in your life. You release so many chemicals when you laugh. Um, Norman Cousins, uh, he was a guy with a connective tissue disease. And the way I think it was, he wrote, I think he just watched uh, Three Stooges movies, but he watched a lot of comedy. And he couldn't get any help through the medical establishment. He sat down and he laughed himself well. Laughter increases dopamine, increases serotonin, makes you happy, and increases your immune system function. It changes the partitioning or the movement of your blood sugar, balances that out, balances out heart function. Wow, helps you sleep better. So getting some good laughs in your life, not taking yourself so seriously, oh my goodness. If I look around, even our teenage kids, you know, the world around us, they take, everyone takes the world so seriously now, you can't tell a joke. You have to be careful of everything. You got to walk on eggshells. That anxiety, that fear is destroying immune systems. It's destroying your health. Oh my goodness. So don't take yourself so seriously. Laugh, drop the ego. You know, you don't have to prove yourself anymore. Your mom and dad are not going to give you any more trophies or pats on the back. You know, give yourself your own pat on the back by going through life successfully and improving any healing of your condition you have. Again, laughter is the way to go. A meditation, slow down and think about positive things. And make sure you're thinking about positive things. You think about negative things, that's negative prayer, that's negative meditation, and that's going to come through in your life too. So again, you know, make one, make sure that you have positive expectation, faith or belief in any treatment you're doing. I don't care what it is. Two, make sure you, you go, go to bed on gratitude. Some people journal before they go to bed or do it when you get up. Where is your gratitude? Three, you will live longer and be healthier just by focusing on your purpose in life. And make sure that purpose is not self-centered. I didn't know if I added that before. You know, you that it shouldn't be, I'm going to take down all the small companies in the neighborhood with my Target or my Walmart, my big box store. Um, no, that's a very negative one. You know, they, people fought wars over negative purposes. Now, you want a positive purpose in the life. Even if it's simple, I want to be the best, 
you know, youth soccer coach out there. You know, I want to be the best seamstress. You know, whatever that hobby is, or maybe you're an accountant and you say, okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, do 10% of my business for free to, you know, single parents that are struggling, you know, something like that. You got to find this positive purpose that you feel good at the end of the day for finishing it. That will actually help you heal. Um, slow down, laugh, do some meditation, do some deep thinking, and learn how your immune system works. Boost your immune system. Boost your healing. It's a choice. It is a choice. And with that choice, we'll have further talk about these subjects on a further podcast. And this has been another fact podcast.